Coming up on this episode, Bridgerton meets paranormal romance as we talk with authors Macy Blake and Charlie Cochet about their Shifter Scoundrels series. Welcome to episode 404 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of queer romance fiction. I'm Jeff, and with me as always is my co-host and husband, Will. Hello, Rainbow Romance Reader. We are so glad that you could join us for another episode of the show. And we're going to get right into this super fun interview. I had such a wonderful time talking with Macy Blake and Charlie Cochet. Of course, these two have written so many shifter stories that readers cannot get enough of. And now they're writing them together with the Shifter Scoundrel series. The first book came out back in August, but Macy and Charlie have been working on building out this world for a couple of years now. Hearing how it all came together and how they approached writing this series was absolutely fascinating. Plus, we're going to hear about the Christmas Sprite series that Macy's releasing next month, as well as Charlie's new contemporary romance series and what's planned for them both in 2023. Macy and Charlie, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you both back to the show and together on the show for the first time ever. It's fun to be, and we've mm-hmm. missed you. We haven't yeah. seen you in a long time. It has been a while, stupid pandemic. Oh, I know. <laughs> so excited to talk to you two because you're co-writing now, which yes. is so exciting. And of course, you've been on the show before. A lot of people know you've been friends for forever. But what exactly is the Macy and Charlie origin story? I think we all want to know. (laughs) I don't know if she blames me because, okay, here's the truth. I might possibly have fangirled her to an extent that some might find (laughs) inappropriate. Uh, not inappropriate. That's not no funny. aggressive. I aggressively fangirl her. <laughs> when you say inappropriate, like you know, that went down the bathroom time. stall. I, was I did. <laughs> <laughs> I like poked my head over, and I was like, "Hey, Charlie, Coastal Magic, which you're familiar mm-hmm. with, it's an event you've attended." I found out that Charlie lived in Florida, and I basically begged, pleaded, <laughs> cried, maybe a few tears, and just basically convinced her to come and meet a bunch of us authors and like just see what it was about because she had never been to an event before. So convinced her finally. It took some convincing, but got her to come. (laughs) And then it was weird because it was like then the moment we met, like we had known each other forever. It was one of those things. Yeah. It was like when we were just like, oh, it's been how many months has it been since we've been friends? And it's like, wait, has it only been, it's been like, like three weeks? Three weeks? <laughs> yeah, it was it's like I feel yes. forever. <laughs> yeah. We immediately started having like Skype lunches together mm-hmm. and we would help each other with writing stuff. And just mm-hmm. like, then suddenly it was like, yeah, months had turned into years and then we were just kind of inseparable. So, and then I moved to Florida so I could be closer to her. Yes. I used to drive up to hang out with them on the weekends and then. They moved then we closer. Moved, we moved closer. So now we're just a few minutes away. Yeah. I was going to say, now you're so close, you could actually be in the same space while we're doing this interview. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, we see each other now, yeah. I mean, weekly, several times a week, usually, but. And we still talk on Skype, too. We still, yeah. <laughs> every day, every morning. Yeah. Most mornings, yeah. Our puppies go to the same daycare. I feel yeah. like we're parents that like meet up at the, our baby schools. Yeah, that's pick adorable. Up, Going to pick up and drop off together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. It's funny. It's so true. And sometimes I'll pick hers up, and sometimes she'll pick mine yeah. up, and yeah, it's the whole thing. And I love <laughs> that it started at Coastal because what a nice event yeah. to have, like an on ramp for somebody who's never done an event. I feel like Coastal's a very nice chill oh, yeah. thing to do yeah. as a first event. Yeah. It was so great because it was so, I hadn't done any conferences really. So I was really nervous and it was so laid back and chill and everyone was so nice. It was such a great experience. And I think that really helped me come out of Rochelle. Yeah. And start doing some of the other bigger conferences because that just, it was so nice. It was such a good experience. She's very shy. I don't let her be though. I, I was going to say, I, I don't know shy Charlie, but I met yeah. both of you sometime after that coastal <laughs> event. So you had time to work on her. I have had time to work on her. <laughs> I have to ask, what yeah. was the book of Charlie's that turned you into a fangirl? Oh, Hell in High Water. 
Like, where it starts for so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, and as a paranormal writer myself, I was just like the genius of her setup. It was something that I had never read before. And I thought of a lot of ways to set up paranormal universes and something like that had never even crossed my mind for some reason. And so I just got so wrapped up in the characters and how funny Dex is. And so I knew reading it that our senses of humor were very much the same (laughs) and that our taste in music would be very much the same. Mm -hmm. So it was really, we knew, we knew. (laughs) Yeah. A number of times. I mean, this is sort of a random aside, but so her favorite band is journey and we have all sorts of running jokes because like, no matter where we are, a journey song comes on. Like, it's crazy. But one time when I still lived up in Jacksonville, I was sitting there working. I had Pandora on and a journey song came on and she wasn't supposed to be at my house for like an hour. And I called her and I was like, where are you? And she was like, I'm at the gate. I knew she was there because journey came on. It was hysterical. It's like every time it's spooky. It is spooky. Like there are times when I open up I'm writing something of Dex and like the first song that comes on is Don't Stop Believing Journey. Yeah. Just like, okay. it's wild. So if anybody yeah. ever does a movie of your lives, they're going to have to clear all the Journey songs. I know. Just for yeah. that movie. It's true. It's true. <laughs> How did this friendship evolve into becoming collaborators? Because you each have large backlists, but now suddenly you're collaborators. How did that come about? Because that's a whole different turn on the relationship that was there. I can feel her staring at me. I know. I know you feel it. <laughs> I mean, I'll start the I'll start and then she can finish. Okay. There was this thing called a pandemic. And then in case you hadn't heard. In case you were here. Okay. I'm not sure where you want me to I take this story, but wherever you want. Um so we sort of thrown it out there over the years. Or just like, oh, you know, because okay. we have such similar sense of humors and we're just like, oh, we should probably write a book together one day. And but it wasn't really like a solid thing and then we kept talking about it more and then with the pandemic and everything that happened I had to take a break from writing and when I finally felt like I wanted to try and get back to it when I felt I was in a place that I can get back to writing you know she's like maybe this is a really good time for us to do a collab together and see what happens because we've been talking about this world for a while now it wasn't like we were just starting from scratch we'd been chatting about it for ages And I was like, I think that's a great idea because I can't think of anything that would make me feel better than writing a book with my best friend. And we were just like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll see. Because she'd she'd collaborated before. I'd never done a collab. So I had no idea. I was just like, I'm warning you. There is a slight possibility I might be a bit of a control freak on this. So we'll see. And I was like, no, (laughs) you she was like stunned like absolutely stunned shocked and appalled really that's yeah i was so stunned (laughs) but yeah i knew that it would take some of the pressure off of her and that's really what i wanted but i also i love her brain which is like she's so creative and funny and like she's helped me with so many things in my world i've helped her with so many things in hers that we sort of we think the same, but very different. I kind of felt like it would be a really solid partnership just because if we were stuck, we had such different strengths that we could really pull each other through it. Yeah. And that's actually the way it ended up working out. It was kind of amazing how it Yeah, kind of flowed it, and... it really went like so much better than I thought. Cause mm-hmm. we... And you really weren't like a control freak about it, which was really funny. There was yeah. a certain things like that she was like, she would put her foot down on, I don't know. There was air quotes there for anybody (laughs) listening. There was no real, like, no, it was always like a back and forth discussion that would either end up in a compromise or she would convince me or I would convince her, you know, it wasn't like, it was never complicated. Like when we were at a stuck point, that was pretty incredible. Yeah. So we're just really good at playing off each other and it worked really well. Yeah. Had collaboration crossed your mind previously, Charlie? Because, I mean, obviously Macy had collaborated with others, but it's all new for you. 
I had thought about it. I just, because I've never done it before, I was a little, I was nervous because I'm so very, not strict, but I have very specific way of how I write things. I'm not explaining that well at all. I'm a bit controlling, a control freak. Yeah, when, I was going to say, I'm you explained right. it earlier really well. <laughs> but with my writing, so it's just, I, especially if it was like with someone who I didn't know well, like I wouldn't want somebody changing my words, but like she never did that to me and I never did that to her. We always made comments in it or we tweaked things. Like I didn't, I had no problem with her tweaking what I wrote and the same Mm -hmm. for her. But after that experience, I know now what the process is and kind of if it's done right between the authors, how it flows really well. So I think that's, and I don't think the way we ended up writing Notorious, we would, either one of us would be able to do with anyone else because we were literally finishing each other's sentences. I would get to a point <clears throat> or, and I would just be like, okay, so I got the scene, but it's not funny and it was supposed to be funny. So it's there, but it's not the way we talked about it. I don't know. You go read it. And then she would go in and like change like three things. And suddenly it was really funny. And then it would, it's kind of vice versa. It would be the same for me. She would be like, "Ah, this was, it's not there. And, and it's just really hard to do that for somebody when you don't know each other as well as we know each other. Yeah. You know, there was. Because we didn't like divide up the characters. We didn't divide up the chapters. Like, oh, you write this character and I'll write this character. We both wrote everything and then like if it was one of her chapters I would go back in and read through it and make tweaks and stuff and so our voices really melded together Mm -hmm. to the point where we'd read something and we're just like did you write this or did I write this because (laughs) I can't yeah Yeah. and there would be times where like I'd write a chapter and I'm just like there's something missing it's almost there but there's something missing and I can't see it I can't figure out what it is so then she went through that chapter and like she added paragraphs I'm like that's perfect. That's exactly what it needed. Yeah, it was amazing yeah. how well it worked. And yeah, like, seriously, there were times when I would just be like, I am done. I'm done. I'm not doing any more. It's yours. And I would like <laughs> legit leave it with a half sentence finish. Like it would just be an incomplete sentence. And I would be like, I'm done. And then she would just pick it up and keep going. Yeah. So it just, I don't know. I think it would be hard to do that with somebody else because they would be like, yeah. finish your sentence. <laughs> Although she probably said that too. (laughs) (laughs) The first book in the series came out this past August. Yeah. Tell everyone about the Shifter Scoundrel series in general and what is happening there. Well, we'd both grown up reading Regency romance and historical romance. It was my favorite kind of romance to read when I was growing up. Amanda Quick is still one of my Mm -hmm. favorite historical romance readers. I still have books from when I was in college. When we were talking about collaborating, we were just like, well, obviously we're gonna write paranormal because we both have paranormal readers and we both love writing paranormal. And they were like, but we wanted to do something a little bit different. She's like, what can we do? And then we started talking about the books that we enjoyed reading and historical came up and Regency. And we're like, what if we did like a mashup of like historical book modern and shifters? <laughs> And we had decided that, funnily mm-hmm. enough, we were already had the world built, characters, some plotting done and all of that when br- the first season of Bridgerton came yeah. out. And so it just was like, oh, yeah, this is like... We're on the right track. We're on the right track <laughs> with yeah. this because the vibe in that was very much what we were going for. But mm-hmm. we definitely wanted it set in the modern day. Like we knew we mm-hmm. wanted that. We yeah. wanted it modern. So we just had fun with it. And we drew yeah. on a lot of those books. I She was... Amanda Quick, I loved Julie Garwood. So I read some Amanda Quick and she read some Julie Garwood and we would just like throw ideas back and forth of what kinds of characters we mm-hmm. liked and, and how we could kind of make that work. Like what would a shifter Duke be like? What would that be? And yeah. so then we would just like spend hours talking about that stuff, yeah. you know? So like, was, what would a, a historical shifter society look like? And yeah. how can we like explain the fact that we have this Regency slash historical world in the modern world. And how can we make it work? Yeah. How can we make it work? And it was lots of hours and hours long phone calls. Like we, 
we go on a vacation together. So we go on riding retreats together. So it's a very long drive where we go to a retreat. Mm-hmm. So the whole time one of us or the other of us would be taking notes and we would just be like brainstorming. Yeah. So we did that for a few years before we even like decided officially we were going to collaborate. We were just yeah having fun creating this random like world that we weren't sure we would ever write, to be yeah. honest with you. So I love the very distinctive way that you frame notorious modern day Bridgerton with shifter royalty. I mean, that is everything you need to know in like yeah, a half yeah, a dozen yeah, words. Yep. <laughs> Who do we meet in notorious? Tell us a little bit about that book. Well, in notorious, we meet Cass who is our high society roguish Earl. He's the guy that everybody knows the charmer and he's at all the parties and we meet safer who is our former captain of the guard, and he's a very stoic, serious... Responsible is a good word. Responsible guy. And they get thrown together, and they both have their secrets. Yeah, they're both keeping big secrets. They're both keeping big secrets. They get matched by the, the lionesses, who are like the head ladies in the town. They decide they would be the perfect match for each other. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun seeing yeah. they're both there and they're both doing their own mischief. Yeah. And they're, but they have to make appearances. Um, they both have their own agendas. Mm-hmm. They're both there trying to, yeah, so. but they've got to somehow make it work. Mm-hmm. A lot of intrigue, intrigue, danger. Mystery. Yeah. And exciting. And fancy costumes. Fancy <laughs> costumes. Yeah. Fancy well, costumes. If, if you're matching it up to Bridgerton, there have to be fancy costumes. Yes. Yeah. Well, so. there have to be. They have to be fancy. Yeah. We had a lot of fun we with those. We, we have a whole Pinterest board. Yeah, it was crazy. And I would be like, wait, which outfit was he wearing at this ball? Yeah, so we would have to like, yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun. Because we also tried to put them in sort of historical clothes, but also with a modern twist. Yeah. So it was, again, the whole thing of like trying to find the perfect vibe, right. even in our head, so that we could describe it to readers and it felt historical but there were modern twists like cell phones were a big thing and he would be getting text messages on his watch and so we were able to incorporate some of that technology into Mm -hmm. but it was fun trying to blend that Mm -hmm. into the historical where it wasn't jarring where it kind of made sense Mm -hmm. and meshed with the historical that was fun it's just like okay well if we've got cell phones how do we introduce that and Yeah. yeah make it so it's not like this disruptive yeah. of the world yeah yeah mm-hmm. and the cover captures this great too with notorious how it yeah. oh, you yeah. get that vibe that was a goddess like she yeah she, she nailed that job. cover yeah <laughs> so the, like, when we perfect. first saw it we were just like yes that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so i'm true. excited to see the next book cover when you do reveal it for what's coming out later just to see what yes, that, the yes. next mm-hmm. is going to yeah. look like yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it, it is. <laughs> of course amazing. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got several questions from our Patreon community uh, oh, when awesome. they found out we were talking to you too. Uh-oh. And Rhonda's curious, what specifically inspired the Dragon Society and using that following those Regency, the mores of that era? And what was it about the dragons that kind of pulled you in that direction to have it set up that way? When we decided we were going to write Paranormal, we are like, what haven't either of us really written a lot of? I mean, she'd done dragons before, but it was in a kind of ensemble cast and I haven't written dragons before. So we were just like, maybe we should have some fun with dragons. And our original idea sort of just completely turned into something yeah. else. It was going to be all dragons yeah. the, for the first like five minutes. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then so, suddenly, you know, a fox popped up and we're like, hmm. I guess yeah. we're not doing yeah. dragons. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I mean, if you're going to have a king of a shifter society, like what kind of shifter is more regal than this powerful dragon that's been around since the Forever. dawn of time? But yeah, that's really it. It was, it came about that because we had never, neither one of us had ever written a dragon society. Like I, like she said, I have written dragons characters that were involved in other aspects of the world, but, we had never written a dragon society. Of course, yeah. we didn't end up writing exactly a dragon society, but yes. We still ended up writing something that neither of us had ever really done. Yeah. So yeah. that was really our ultimate goal. Yeah. As you create a world like this, is there 
research that you do to capture some of it? Or is it just like the opportunity to just make it all up? It's a little of both because uh, yes, because there's because it's paranormal and because it's historical, there's a lot of rules that need to be established. And but we're both very familiar with paranormal world rules. So it was just a matter of talking those through. And some of them didn't come up until we got to certain points. We're like, oh, we haven't really decided what we're going to do with this. Like, what's the rule on this? Yeah. But there was research involved for the historical part of it, the names for things, the wardrobes, the hierarchy in the society. So there was a lot of research involved. Yeah. How like titles are used was a big thing. We made some executive decisions in the book that we used a lot more like capitalization than mm -hmm. would normally be used. And we did that intentionally because it was, again, we wanted to show that this world was slightly different. Mm -hmm. So, and it was just little touches like that, that we tried to put in so that it, if you didn't see the difference, if you didn't know, you wouldn't notice. But if you did know, you would say there's something slightly different about this. It was just a lot of little things like that. But yeah, there was a ton of research on the historical and then, yeah. how we could take that and make it modern and make it make sense. That's really cool how even though you're writing modern, you're still rooting it in the research behind Regency. Mm -hmm. Instead of just creating it and just kind of building the world completely from scratch. That's cool. Because it well, made sense to us. Because okay. if we have this Dragon King who based the society on a time period that he fell in love with and preferred, then mm -hmm. a lot of the rules and the way it's set up would match that time period. And because the Regency period was really a reaction to the French Revolution and that excess that had gone on when you think of like how Marie Antoinette dressed and how a lot of that stuff that was going on. And then it was like, whoa, that was all when she made her hair into a boat and everything. And so then you go into the Regency, which is much more, there's a lot more, I think, elegance and yeah, simplicity. You know, simplicity and things. And so we really wanted to capture that aspect of it, but that there are so many rules and we loved the idea of shifters that are bound by rules set mm -hmm. by their king yep. and that they honor those rules and mm -hmm. sometimes they like toe across them a little bit. And then we have our guard who's just like, rules, what rules? Rules? I don't know if I'm just thinking rules. Uh, so anyway. So a couple of our patrons and myself are really interested in process around this and coming together to do this. And you've hinted at and talked a little bit about some of the process, but tell us more. Like how... <laughs> When it came time, you'd done all this stuff to build the world, but when it came time to get serious about writing Notorious, how did that plotting work? How did the writing get kind of split up a little bit? And those couple of questions come from Mary, from our patron group. We talk through the chapters first, mm -hmm. like we do it in, in, I mean, we sort of plot overall the story arc and that, but we did, we would plot out chapters. So we knew what we were going to be writing. And then we sort of, alternated chapters but then we both wrote in those chapters as well it was a really weird process like again i don't think that, that our process is for most co-authors but again like she would start a scene and let's say like real life so i'm an early morning writer and so if i'm getting up early and i start writing in chapter one and then by 10 o'clock i've been writing for two or three hours and i need a break well, she's sitting down at her desk, getting ready to start writing between eight and nine. So she, by the time she's gotten through stuff, I'll be, I can just turn it over. And no matter where I've left off, she can just pick it up and keep going. And then in the afternoon, when I would get my second wind or I would finish whatever else I was doing, she would throw mm -hmm. it back to me. So it was a really like organic process just based on our time. We were both really busy as we were writing this book. And so it would just be... That? I think when we first started, we were both, we used Google Docs. So mm -hmm. we were both online while we were writing things. So then we would like message each other back and forth mm -hmm. with questions and, Come you know, check this scene. Come check this paragraph. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> I, I, 
I'm write, uh, writing a scene and I need a location for it, I'd like find a location and like send it to her and be like, what do you think of this? And she'd be like, yep, yeah, sure. And then yep, keep yep. going. Yeah. And then we would pin it and then we would link it. <laughs> Our poor editor. Yeah. But that's really the way we did mm-hmm. it. I mean, we did divide the chapters up where they would be assigned as we went along. But again, like it would be, she would get to the point where she would be like, I don't want to write any more of this right now. So I would be like, well, let's swap. And we would just mm-hmm. swap chapters for a while. Like it was just really. Yeah. Like if we got stuck. Yeah. And she's like, I'm, I don't know where this is going or like, <laughs> yeah. this is not going in the direction that I imagined it was going to go. <laughs> or that we discussed. Or no. that we discussed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and like I said, it just really just ended mm-hmm. up being a pretty organic process for yeah. us. I mean, it, it surprised me because when I collaborated before, it was very much a different structure. It wasn't. It was more, this is my chapter, this is my scene, this is yours. You would proof something, but you wouldn't really go in and like add your flavor to it. But we didn't do that. That, was, that wasn't that was what we did. So it was fun. We added our flavors all over the place. <laughs> Terry adds to the process questions with a couple of them. And you, know, you talk through the plot as you prepared to write. How much did your plot end up kind of changing as you went? Did it become more of a discovery writing process or did the plot kind of hang together as you went? No, the plot kind of it yeah. went as how we plotted it. I think because it's a series and this, because of the story arc and what happens in the next book and that kind of thing, we stuck to the plot. We plotted it out thinking ahead. I mean, our early, I would say... Again, if you look at our early draft notes for what the world was going to be, that changed a lot. But once we, the closer we got, like when we would take those pages and pages of notes that we had taken and ideas, we would just like brain dump everything and we would pluck what we really liked and Mm -hmm. keep it. And so by the time we got to the point where we were sitting down to write, we had a certain number of books that we have sort of planned out we know the series arc we know certain character arcs we know different things like Mm -hmm. that so we don't have a lot of wiggle room to change because we have we literally spent two or three years just sort of having fun creating this world and then fine-tuning it so Mm -hmm. I think that our plot at that point didn't need it wouldn't have survived if we had changed it (laughs) yeah and that's I think that not most co-writers go into it with is that couple of years of just planning the world just because that happened to be what you were doing at the time. Yeah. And how Mm -hmm. that must make things sort of easier that you've got that big foundation to start from. It does, but both of us have done that in our series in the past. So, you know, the amount of research this woman has for the third (laughs) series, which I've had the pleasure to see is impressive. And I did the same for my chosen universe. Like it had been, it was researched for several Mm -hmm. years before I started writing it. So that, I think that was just our process too, is that sort of. Yeah. I think that's why we mesh so well as well. Cause we're both percolators. Like we get an idea and it just like hangs out in the back of our brain for like ages. And we just like slowly collect things for it. It's like, this is not a project for now. But I got this wiggle worm in my head. I need to get it down and then just put it aside for later. So next thing, it's like when the time comes for that project, it's like, oh, well, I've got all this already figured out because I started it two, three years ago. You had time to think about it and think things through, which Mm -hmm. a lot of times in the kind of the fast pace world that we write in, you don't really have that luxury. But Mm -hmm. I think when you're world building a new world. I mean, for me, I couldn't do it if I didn't let it slow cook first. There's no way I have to like, there's too many pieces. Yeah. I have to gather all the ingredients and Mm -hmm. start mixing things up and then taste test. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I could take that analogy for years, but, but it's really, you do, you have for us, the way we write, I think it's making sure that you have a lot of that research and the detail to pull from. I didn't realize how like we were about that until we're we're like the the person that like you read a book and you end up using like three sentences of the research from it. Yep. Yeah. You have a notebook that's like an inch and a half thick and you're like, well, I highlighted that one line and used it. So, but we know so much about both of our worlds, like the stuff that she knows about the thirds, the things that we know about the notorious characters we know their 
so much more about them than we could ever share. And that's part of the fun for us, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Terry was also curious, like, how did you have to perhaps adjust your normal writing processes to then co-write? Well, I can't work on more than one thing at a time. My, I've tried it before and I've come to the conclusion that's just not how my brain works. I can't, my focus can't be split like that. And I think that's why previously I was just like, I can't co-write because I'm writing this book in this series and I can't work on that at the same time, even though it's something else. So I finally got to the point where I was just like, okay, if this is going to happen, I'm just going to have to put it in my schedule as a book, as a release, because I can't work on something else. That's I a can't. talent. I can't work on more than one thing either. Cause it's just like my brain can't do it. Even if they're well, very divergent it's, it's things. The thinking thing, it's the percolating thing. So I have, when I need to do some more percolating on a project, I switch to something else. So I usually have two things going. And because I write in one universe, it does, I mean, mm -hmm. it makes it a little easier. It's harder actually for me to like percolate dangerous, for example, because it's not part of my chosen universe, but because I had a lot of things already pre-outlined and pre-done, it made it a little easier. But yeah, mm -hmm. switching back and forth is a challenge, but I think when I need time to think, I have learned, give myself time to think because yeah. otherwise the product is not, I have to give myself the time I need to think. And sometimes yeah. that means, oh, I'll go open this other doc and work in it for a while. And oh yeah, it drives her crazy. <laughs> She'll be like, what are you doing? And I'll be like, oh, well, I was writing in this. And then I wrote a little bit in this and I was doing some outlining in this. And she was like, how does your brain work? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't like get it either. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything about how the partnership worked that surprised either of you? How easy it was. Yeah. I thought that because it was our first collaboration and because it was a new world, that it was going to be a lot harder to get into a groove. And mm -hmm. by like chapter two, we'd already kind of nailed down our process and what worked and what didn't work. Yeah. Like I think the on. first time, because we had written some scenes, some like, starter scenes basically mm -hmm. so we could get an idea of the flavor and the language and stuff and I remember we went back and we're looking at one of those and I was like did I write this or did she write this like we really couldn't remember yeah. you couldn't tell yeah. and I think that was when I knew that we had something because I was like did you write this part or yeah did I, I could not part? remember and we, like you can't you can't tell because yeah. people keep asking us oh did you write cast did you write safer Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, there there isn't a character yeah. that that wasn't written by both of us and yeah. and smoothed out by both of us. So there would be some things like, yeah. you know, I would go to her and say, I don't understand why Cass said this because to me that sounds like this, and she would be like, oh, but this, and we and then be like, mm -hmm. oh, right, okay, yeah, and we would tweak or whatever, and and but but there was never like ownership over a character or no anything like that. It was like if she had a question on something I wrote, she would ask me. She would tweak things to make them funnier, usually. <laughs> we definitely had, I think mm -hmm. we each had characters that we, we did have our favorites. Had, I mean, we had fun writing all of it, but mm -hmm. there were definitely characters that we'd love to write. I loved writing Bo. I was going to say, yeah. we could. He wasn't even like supposed to be. A, yeah, he didn't exist. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm just like, I love him. <laughs> she did love him. So there were like, there's parts in there where I would be like, oh no, there's a boat. Bo's got to be in this scene. And I would sort of like half, half <laughs> draft it. And then I'd be like, hey, there's some Bo stuff. You want to come write it? And she'd be like, yes. <laughs> Sounds like Bo is that the actor who drops into a show supposedly for one episode and then hangs around for the entire season. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was. L legit. He was. He just like, he was just supposed to have like a little scene and I was writing it and I was like, oh no. The moment I read it, not even kidding you, I called her and I was like, okay, that was the only time that we changed our original plan Yeah, was because I knew the moment I read him for the first time, I was like, you're kidding me. This character is part of this world now and he's big and he's going to be bigger. And she was like, I know, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just so funny, Oh so, yeah. yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I'm just going to write this like throwaway character and, and for because for this one scene. And I was like, OK, you know, I should do. I should. You think I'd like know better by now. Like yeah. I can't just like 
write you a really don't neither one of us can write a random character especially if we plan it that way we specifically go okay this we're just gonna we need this guy in the background uh, uh, but the moment he speaks we're like oh man <laughs> <laughs> like i guess he's getting a book <laughs> that was exactly the, the my response i was like really i always like to find out in general what favorite scenes in books are and usually with collaborators it's like what's the favorite scene that the other wrote but in this case i don't think you can delineate those so just for each of you what's a favorite scene in the book oh there's a few of them but the one that pops into my head is the scene with the arbor yeah the gazebo yeah that one that's a good one that's a good one just like a shot was it you decapitated artemis (laughs) yeah that one's good i think there's a few. I the mine is a total spoiler, so I'll just say Christmas and okay. the, that uh, that the way that played out was I thought was really mm-hmm. powerful and a real turning point in the book for the characters, and I really like the way that turned out. So say that uh, that little segment, yeah, especially the end part, <laughs> no spoilers, <laughs> but yeah, the way that yeah. that's the, the way the Christmas part ended, I think, is was a favorite of mine. I don't, and I love this any scene where like Cass and Safer have their little battle of wits. That's always like my favorite, mm-hmm. where it's just like who's gonna who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? <laughs> cool. So people who've read already, Gazebo, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Those of you yeah. who will read, when you get there, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know. Yep. So. so book two is coming out in January, kicking yeah. off the new year. What can you tease us about Dangerous? So, As they look at each other going, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we, we did tease it at the end of Notorious. Yeah. So they, we have a disgruntled Duke, who is the main character. And we are introducing <laughs> our first human character mm-hmm. into the world. So we knew that a lot of people would ask questions about the humans in this world and how did humans work with this world. And this book is going to be where a lot of that is explained. I'm ridiculously excited for readers to read it. It's a, di- a totally different tone, totally different setup. She's very excited about writing Jason. I am. So Jason. She's been is, talking about Jason for months. Yeah. He's, <laughs> it's that character that when you come up with him, you're like, I really like this person. And then. I'm excited about the Duke. I, know. I mean. Well, of course you're excited about the Duke. He's cranky. He's irritable. He's like wounded. So he needs a lot of that. Yeah. He's a big, strong shifter. There's oh, a lot of. Yeah. Poor bunny. It's different, but... Because it didn't really make sense in the first book to have, like, explanations about humans and how humans saw things and interacted and all that. So we're just like, well, obviously in the book with the human, that makes more sense mm-hmm. to have his point of view and how he sees things and his perspective mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, because there was so much to build. Yeah. We did get some readers that were like, how does this work? We're like, just... Hold on, we'll, yeah. we get we, we'll get there. We've already got eighty five thousand words. We yeah. got to stop somewhere. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. far do you envision this series going? I believe okay. the fifth. See, the thing is, here's the thing. We always, both of us, even in our individual writing worlds, right. always say, "I think I'm going to write this three book series," and then it turns into a twelve book series with spinoffs. And so, you know, the answer is more than one, more than one, more than one, well, more than two, we can officially say three because, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, we have a lot of thoughts for future, but we're, we'll just see like, and it's making time and it's having the opportunity to work together and taking that. So, I mean, that's a big yeah. part of it too, especially because she can't work on multiple projects. It's really us making sure that we've got everything ready for the project so that when she has that spot in her schedule for us, that we're ready to go. And so we end up doing a lot of talking and plotting, like Mm -hmm. individual chapter and character plotting and stuff like that for the book. All of that has to happen because once we have to start writing, Mm -hmm. we have a very limited time to get the book done 
so that she can be back on yeah. track with her individual schedules. So that's our mm-hmm. current. Because, you know, if I wasn't writing in like five different series, that would probably help things. No comments. <laughs> Let's talk more about the future. Okay. And I'm going to start with Macy here because I kind of have to. Um, episodes going out in November, holiday season. I know there are Christmas books. There are Christmas I've had the sneaky peek of the covers and oh my God. Tell us about your Christmas series, please. Oh, yeah. So this is, at the point that we're recording this, and no one knows that this exists other than a few people plus a couple people outside of this room, but it has been a very closely guarded secret. But I wanted to write Christmas sprites. I've written sprites in my world before, and they're basically chaos magic, but in a charming way. So I wanted to do something light and fun as a breather from all the heaviness that I've been writing in my world lately. And so I'm writing a town where these Christmas sprites live. And because the magic in my universe is broken, their Christmas magic is broken. And so things are a little chaotic in the town where they live. And so they're going to be very much like Hallmark Christmas movie, but paranormal and chaotic chaos magic (laughs) with Christmas. So it's going to be a ton of fun. They're very much funny and they're not, you don't have to have read anything else to read these books. They're completely standalone. I just wanted something fun. And I have been, I've always wanted to write a Christmas series. And when this came into my head and I was like, if all of your magic is messed up in the world, then what would happen if, and (laughs) it was off. So yeah, I've been working on these secretly for about a year now. So, yeah, that'll be coming out in December. As a Hallmark movie junkie, I cannot wait to see what happens in Broken Magic in a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Yeah, and again, it's like when you say, if you put a paranormal in a Hallmark movie, what do you get at Christmas? (laughs) So, yeah, that's what's next for me. And Charlie, how about for you? What's coming up through the end of this year into next year? (laughs) Well, I'm, despite the fact that, like, I've been forbidden to start new series, I'm starting a new series. (laughs) Well, most of my readers know, because it was teased at the end of Sleight of Hand, but The Runaway Grooms is what I'm working on. I'll Be There, which is the first book, and it's a romantic comedy series. I wanted to write something that was just fun. Fun and funny and lots of romance. So I'm working on that right now and hope to release it toward the end of the year. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've helped with some of the stuff on it. It's awesome. I'm loving it. (laughs) Well, I have to imagine that you two help each other all the time. Proximity, oh, yeah. close friendship, yeah. collaborators. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't imagine either one of us being able to do it at this point without the other. <laughs> like, it's, it's we're that sort of It just makes such a big difference mm-hmm. to, like, when I get stuck and I just I can't see what the problem is. And I just, like, call her up and I'm like, okay, I'm stuck this is what I've got. This is where I need to get. And I'm just not seeing it. And then she just like throws everything at me until my brain is like, Oh, what if I do this? Like, And it's like, I legit throw like the kitchen sink of ideas at her until I see or as we're normally on Skype until I see like, she gets like this, like, and I'm like, ah, oh, what is something yeah, I said? Moment. And then I just sit back and she starts scribbling. For me, it's more, I think, where she talks me through, like, just keeping me going because I get a tendency to just get really bogged down. And so she helps me just like, come on, let's do it. Come on, let's keep going. And so I think that when I'm like, I call her and whine about I don't want to write. I don't want to do it. And then she's like, but don't you want to do this? And remember you were going to write this and remember how fun it was going to be. And then I'm like, oh, I did want to do that. Oh, I better finish this chapter so I can get to it. So it's ask her, what's your word count? What's your word count? Where are we at? Yeah. (laughs) So there's been a lot of that lately. What's What's your your word word count? count? (laughs) And Charlie, we've got a question from D eager to know if there's any news about anything in the third universe. Yeah. So the third universe is always, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know when there'll be a time where I won't be working on it, but the third universe is so vast. And again, it's one of those things where I have like all these ideas for things in there. Where she's just like, now. I think this is why you're not supposed to start. New series. <laughs> because the, the, like, 
the series, like spinoff series potential is unlimited. But because I can't work on more than one thing at a time, there's a limit to what I can work on. So right now, I'm either working on something that's in the King's world or something that's in the Third's world. And <clears throat> there, there will be more tin books happening. There will be more Third stuff happening. There's just only so much that I can write at a time because I'm not a fast writer. And I'm also recovering from burnout. And I'm trying to get back to a place where I can have a steady release schedule again. And I'm excited about writing again and getting back into things. And I have been writing. So I'm just working on whatever feels right at the moment. So I, I can't say, well, after I'll be there, I'm going to work on tin or I'm going to work on another King's book or something. Cause it's just what feels right for me at the time. And I just can, mm -hmm. I'm just going to interject. D I get it as a person who also <laughs> remember this started because of fangirling. There's a lot that has been percolated. I can promise you that there's a lot of thirds that is still on the table. That's that beautiful brain is working <laughs> on. But what I have learned with a bestie over here is that you, if you give her time, what you will get will blow your mind. And if you rush it, and if we make her rush it, it will not be, it'll it, lose it that happen. spark that makes it special. Yeah. And so that's never the times like, cause she's tried to write things, force herself to do it. And I know this because, yeah. but, and it's honestly, it's just been not good. And so yeah, it yeah. it's like, when we talk about it and I'll read it and we're just like, it's not, you're not there. You're not ready. It hasn't no. cooked enough yet. So, but there is a lot that is still there that is percolating. Yeah. And I think that once it finishes that you're going to be really yeah. happy with what you get. Cause I know some of it yeah. <laughs> and I know that <laughs> I would never rush a book and I would never want to release a book in the thirds universe that I didn't feel lived up to. Yeah. that world like I wouldn't want to do it a disservice I love that world as much as a lot of readers and as much as we do so un unless I feel and I am I'm very adamant yes well and I'm very self-critical so unless I feel that it is right I won't release it I won't so I rewrote so, remember I wrote yeah. that first chapter of gone but not forgotten like 10 times and brutal. then I was just like, I stopped. Mm -hmm. I stopped and I had to put it on hold and it was on hold for like a year, but I wasn't going to work on it until it was right. That's what all books need is just that percolate time. Yeah. I'm yeah. curious to know what's been exciting you that you've been reading lately. The funny thing is that despite the fact that I write a lot of paranormal, I read a lot of contemporary gay romance. <laughs> like most of what I read is contemporary. I mean, there, there are like, I love like Haley Turner's worlds, like Spellbound. I love that series. And Alice Winters and her paranormal. There, I mean, there's several, I do read paranormal. There's several series. Yeah. I haven't, I have a lot of books to catch up on because I sort of fell back on my reading. So now I'm at the point of just like where I have like all these amazing books and I'm just like, but where do I start with? Do I start with Lily Morton? Wait, do I start with Lucy? Wait, do I start with May? Do it like, I don't even know which book to pick up first because the list is long. There's so many good authors. I mean, Mary Kame, there's like, I've got like her books. I mean, there's just authors that I know that when mm -hmm. I pick up their book, I'm just gonna love it and enjoy mm -hmm. it. Just like as soon as they come out, I hoard them and then I go on a reading binge. <laughs> so I've been reading a lot of research books for upcoming <laughs> projects which that. shall not be named so i've been really focusing on reading a lot of nonfiction because i'm doing i'm in research mode and i have been for a few months now but i love louisa masters she's a great paranormal author but yeah alice winters i'm i, I really like her sense of humor the kikis i love both of the kikis i've not read only james yet but i have been yes I have I've been told I had rave to, reviews from yes, rave friends. Reviews. So Kylie, definitely I love Kylie uh, Norfina. It's a long. It's I mean <laughs> I can go on all night. I just don't have specific books. I don't really recommend specific books usually, but I like to recommend authors that I love. So, yeah, but that's, absolutely, that's and you listed off a whole bunch of good ones there. 
Yeah. Auto buys. Yeah. 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 That we have we legit auto buys. Like, auto buy. yeah, like when Lily Morton comes out with a book, I don't care what it is, I just buy it. <laughs> like, she doesn't even like read it. I don't, don't read buy. the blurb. Yeah. I just like I get her newsletter or on Facebook. She's like, I've got a new release. I'm like, yeah. buy it if I haven't already pre ordered it, mm-hmm. which yeah. you know, I probably have. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. There's so many, you know, but yeah. There's amazing authors in our, our genre. Yeah. We're really lucky. So how can everybody keep up with you two online to know more about the collaboration and more about your individual books? Where do we find you? I am on Facebook a lot, probably more than I should be. My Facebook group, which is just, you could just search my name on Facebook and it'll come up. But yeah, I'm active in my Facebook group. I have a lot of like little fun things going on in the group. That's probably the best place. The best place. I mean, I have all the usual social media places, Pinterest and Instagram and stuff, but my Facebook group is where I'm most active and readers, yeah. they ask questions, they post memes, you know, or do little teasers in there. We've got now going on the Daily Files, which is a weekly sort of dear diary from Dex, Dex and the guys. <laughs> yeah, which is a lot of fun. I think the readers are having fun with it. Same with me. I'm mostly like, if you want to actually like find me my facebook group macy's mm-hmm. moonlighters is the like that's the place where i go i'm not a i don't go on social media a lot because i don't it's not great for my mental health so it's one of those things where i go into my group because i know it's my safe space it's, so i try to really interact a lot with my readers in there and i do like charlie said i post exclusive content to my group and also mm-hmm. my newsletter if you really yeah. want to stay in touch with what's coming up i keep my newsletter pretty up to date with what mm-hmm. i'm working on teasers and all of that stuff. Thank you both so much for coming to talk about Shifter Scoundrels. This has been such a fun time. Uh, Can't wait to see more and happy holidays. We could say that. This is airing in November. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas break. This episode's transcript has been brought to you by our community on Patreon. If you'd like to read the conversation for yourself, simply head on over to the show notes page for this episode at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. The show notes page has links to everything that we've talked about in this episode. That was so fun. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I am so looking forward to Macy's Christmas Sprites. She and I have had a few conversations about Hallmark Christmas movies recently, and I cannot wait to see this Hallmark-style setup in a world with broken magic. All right, I think that'll do it for now. Coming up next in episode 405, we'll be focusing on the Happily Ever After Collective, a new way that lovers of romance can get exclusive books. This is a new Patreon-based way to get books every single month, featuring a specific trope. It launched in July, and we absolutely love it. We're going to be talking with the collective's organizer, romance author Avery Flynn, as well as two authors who've released books through the collective, Rayan Gray and Sarah Tiano. On behalf of Jeff and myself, we want to thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you'll join us again soon for more discussions about the kinds of stories we all love, the big gay fiction kind. Until then, keep turning those pages and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Original theme music by Daryl Banner.